week nine of our trip through the Just Ten series. Over the last eight weeks, we've looked at our desires and our lies. We've looked at greed and hatred and lust. We've looked at relationships within our families and the importance of creating a good work-life balance. And then last week, Josh talked about how, it is, how important it is that we take care over how we use the name of God. Shakespeare said a rose by any other name would smell as sweet, implying that names don't matter, but they do. The name of Jesus is important. It has power. And now we move on to week nine. We've seen all along that it's not just a list of don'ts. The Ten Commandments are the maker's instructions. God created us. God knows what's best for our lives. And so he's given us these guidelines on how to live, how to make the most of life, how to get the best. But what is it that's made it in at number two in this top ten countdown? Well, Exodus 20 verses four to six says, You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth below or in the waters. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Punishing the children for the sins of their parents to the third and fourth generation. But showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. The second commandment is to do with idolatry. And we can see why it comes so high up the list. If we read on in Exodus and see what was happening while Moses was up Mount Sinai, being given the Ten Commandments by God. Moses has gone up there and God's telling him all about this and he's giving him the stone tablets to take down. And we read in Exodus 32 that at that same time, when the people saw Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and they said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what's happened to him. Aaron answered them, take off your gold earrings. Your wives, your sons and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off their earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and he made it into an idol cast in the shape of a calf, fashioning it with a tool. And then if we skip a couple of verses, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down, because your people who you brought up out of Egypt have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and have made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a calf. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, These are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. Obvious to see why it came in at number two, if that's what was happening while Moses was up the mountain. 
But the thing is, I don't actually have a golden calf. And it's not just because I can't afford the gold. I don't have a plastic calf. I don't have anything like that that I bow down to worship. And I suspect none of you bow down to worship models of calves either. Is this just a commandment for then? Is this really a commandment for today? I'm not saying we should get rid of it altogether, but is it really number two in the list? Maybe we should knock it down out of the top ten. I'm sure we could all come up with alternatives that ought to be in the top ten. I remember the comedy After Henry with Punella Scales and Joan Sanderson, and I remember Joan Sanderson, who played Punella Scales' elderly mother, talking about how putting a milk bottle on the coffee table was definitely number 11 in the commandments. (laughs) You may think of others. But I don't think we can relegate it. Because even if we're not bowing down to golden calves, idolatry is still something we need to be careful of. Because it can be much more subtle than that. On my phone... I have a screen with photos that scroll round, including photos of Esther, my wife, and my two boys. How do you think Esther would feel if you was to look at this and see pictures of another woman on here? I'm not saying instead of her, just pictures of another woman as well as her on here. How would she feel? Would she say, well, this is interesting, but he has a right to have photos of whoever he wants on his phone? Or would she say, who's this? Why is there a picture on there? You couldn't fault her for feeling hurt, betrayed, jealous. She'd have every right to feel like that. How could she trust what I say? How could she believe me when I tell her that I love her? When we got married, I was asked, will you love her, comfort her, honour and protect her, and forsaking all others, be faithful to her as long as you both shall live? And I said, I will. Now, I know we looked at adultery a few weeks ago, and this week, we looked at adultery a few weeks ago, and this week is about idolatry. But in a way, they're very closely related. Idolatry is to God what adultery is to our partners. Esther doesn't want any rivals for my love. And God doesn't either. Idolatry is unfaithfulness. It's where we give our love to someone or something else rather than God. It's when we put our time or our trust in anyone or anything else other than God. Idolatry occurs when we hold any value or idea or activity higher than we hold God. So what are those photos that you have on your phones or in our wallets? Or maybe just the things that we have in our hearts. One of the most common forms of idolatry 
is superstitions. Some people believe that they can protect themselves by following certain superstitions. But many more observe them simply from unconscious habit. But superstitions acknowledge other powers at work. Avoiding walking under a ladder, throwing soap over your shoulder, or making remarks such as touching wood. They all relate to a belief that there is some other magical power at work out there. And these beliefs are so ingrained in our culture that hotels are often built without a 13th floor. Planes fly without a 13th row because people think 13 is so unlucky they won't stay on the 13th floor. They won't sit in the 13th row. And what about charms? People carry all kinds of charms. Horseshoes, rabbit's feet. Not very lucky for the rabbit. (laughs) Or maybe you use healing crystals. All these kind of things are invoking other gods, other powers. When did you last wish someone good luck. It's just one of those things we say. We don't think anything of it when we say it. But to wish someone good luck is effectively hoping that some mysterious power will bring about a positive result in their lives rather than trusting in God Similarly, idolatry can also take the form of horoscopes. Every day people turn to their newspapers to read what the stars have in store for them. But the stars don't have anything in store for us. Others have their palms read or read tea leaves. People consult mediums, go to seances, speak to the dead. But all this too is idolatry. It's putting our trust in something other than God. It's why the Bible says quite clearly in Deuteronomy 18, let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft or cast spells, who is a medium or a spiritualist or consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Such superstitions and fortune-telling are other gods, other powers that we call on to have an influence on our lives. We need to avoid them entirely, avoid superstition, avoid luck, Avoid fortune-telling. But there are other idols too that aren't so easy to avoid. Because there are other idols that actually are good if treated right. What do I mean by that? Well, three quick examples. Having a job 
is a good thing. We're not meant to be idle, I-D-L-E, any more than we're meant to have an idle, I-D-O-L. Ecclesiastes 2.24 says, A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and find satisfaction in their work. Jobs are good things. But there is a danger that work can take over our lives. There is a danger that we can live to work rather than work to live. Part of this might be about when we spend too long in the office. The longer we spend in the office, the less time we've got to spend with God. And that's kind of what's covered by the fourth commandment. But it's more than that. Part of it is about where we get our self-worth from. What is it that gives our lives meaning? Is it being a child of God Or is it being employee of the month? What makes us feel special? What defines who we are? When I was here talking about the ninth commandment, I talked about the fact that I'm a statistician and it's something I really enjoy. And I like being good at my job. I enjoy the fact that people recognise that I'm good at my job. But it is just a job. It's not what is most important. Another example of something good that can become an idol is sports. God wants us to enjoy life. And one of the ways we can do that is either through playing or watching sport. And I am somebody who loves watching sport. I will watch anything. Football, cricket, rugby, tennis, Athletics, cycling, curling, synchronised swimming, I'll watch anything. (laughs) And I have the teams that I support. Yes, I'm a Spurs fan, so last night I made sure I had time to follow the Spurs match. There's nothing wrong with that. God wants us to enjoy life. But it is possible for sport to become an idol, to allow it to take over our lives. Former great Liverpool manager Bill Shankly famously said, some people think football is a matter of life and death. I assure you, it's much more serious than that. But he's wrong. It's not. There's so much more to life than football. It is something just to be enjoyed. A third example of things that can become idle is technology. Technology is a wonderful thing. Some of the modern advancements that have happened. On here, I don't just have a Bible... I have a dozen different translations of the Bible that I can turn to instantly. I have access to all kinds of commentaries and study guides. It's incredible what this thing can provide. And not only that, it holds all the photos of the things that I want to keep. It's got the camera that I use to take those photographs. 
it's got a radio built in. It's got a messenger that allows me to talk to my sister in Australia. It's amazing the things that it can do. It, it can even be used for making phone calls. <laughs> but what makes it so good is also what makes it so dangerous. It can become addictive. It can become all-consuming. I'm sure many of you will have seen people sat in a restaurant, but not talking to each other, just staring at their phones. The power that's in here isn't a bad thing of itself but it can take over our lives and become an idol. So that's three examples, jobs, sports and technology. Not in and of themselves bad things, but potential idols that can take over our lives, that can divert our focus and take away our attention from God, that can be those alternative photos in our wallet. And there's many more out there. Health. It's important to be healthy. But we can become obsessive about our health. Sex. Power. Hobbies. Causes we support. Even church. Potentially can become an idol to us. If church and the structures around it become more important than the God we worship when we get here. All these things have the possibility to become too important in our lives. If you're not sure what those things are for you, take time to think about how do you spend your money? What are those things that you spend your money on? How much do you put in the collection compared with how much you spend on other things? And it's not just about the overall total. If I was to give you a tenner now, an extra tenner, what would be your first thought about how you were going to spend it? How do we spend our time? How much time do you spend in church and in prayer and in reading your Bible and praying compared with how much time you spend doing hobbies and activities or working late at the office? What are those things you turn to when life is tough? When you've had a bad day, what is it that you want? What's your first thought go to? Or if you've had a good day, what is it that you want to do to celebrate? What are those first things that come into your mind? Those are the things we need to be careful of. Those are the things that could potentially become idols for us. And it's not even like idols work. As I said, the rabbit's foot wasn't very lucky for the rabbit. If lucky numbers work, the lottery would be a very different thing because everyone would win every week if they, everyone chose their lucky numbers. 
but they don't. Psalm 115 says, But their idols are silver and gold, made by human hands. They have mouths, but cannot speak. Eyes, but cannot see. They have ears, but cannot hear. Noses, but cannot smell. They have hands, but cannot feel. And feet, but cannot walk. And it's not just harmless fun either. Because by turning to luck, turning to mysterious and magical powers, we're turning away from God. God is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He provides everything that we need. He loves us and wants to pour his blessings out on us. He wants to and can give us all those things that we want from other things. And while things like jobs and sports and texts can sometimes work for a while, they can't bring us the real fulfilment. Because God created us to live in relationship with him. That's what we're made for. Only God can offer us forgiveness. Only God can bring us freedom in Christ Jesus. But he can do that. So if there are things that you know maybe you have been doing that you shouldn't, you can be forgiven. And if you find it a struggle to avoid some of these things, you can be set free. As I said at the start, the Ten Commandments aren't a list of don'ts. They're to spoil our fun. They're the maker's instructions in how to help us live a fulfilling life, live life to the max, to be free. We are designed to live in relationship with God, to trust him for everything, to go to him for everything, to love him unconditionally. And it's only by making him Lord of our lives that we can know the full extent of what he has ready and waiting for us. Turning from these idols, turning from these other things, is turning to God and finding the full blessing that he has in store for us because that's what he made us for. There's only room for one woman's picture in my phone. There's only room for one God in my heart. What shape is your God? What do you idolise in your life? Is there something you need to turn away from so that you can turn to God? In Jesus' name, amen.